Welcome to Beyond the Noise. Welcome, guys. My name is Roy. And I'm Nathan. And this is a week... I don't even know why I keep introducing the week. I'm not, I'm not sure it matters anymore. <laughs> to anyone. Literally to anyone. Roy, we've, had a, we've started a bit of a trend in the past few weeks, and mm. people seem to be enjoying it, where I try and bond with you about that phenomenon that you call the NBL. <laughs> the NRL. NRL, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, we were away on the weekend and I saw you enjoying many of those uh, matches, yep. games, I don't know what you call them, but I hear that those Dolphins, who are a new team, are still undefeated. They are. They've won all three games. Would it be absurd for me to suggest that they may win the Premiership? Uh, yeah, it would be pretty absurd to, for you to suggest that they would win the Premiership. Okay. But is it then the Premiership for anyone who doesn't understand sports is the game at the end where they get the trophy? Yeah, it is the, the grand final winners. Uh, yeah, it's a bit too early to tell. They are playing well, but... Now, to confirm, does the NRL winner and the AFL winner versus each other at the end? No, no, absolutely not. In fact, uh, they couldn't be far, more far removed. Because AFL is for girls. No, <laughs> because <laughs> AFL... I mean, it's, it's popular in Sydney, but uh, it's, I think, more popular in Melbourne and the likes. Okay, so it's a geographical reason why they won't versus each other. Yeah, and also the, the game is pretty different. Right, so it'd be like a pianist playing the guitar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would be. I get that. Yeah. So do you have a team that you go for? I live in Belfield, so technically I should support the Bulldogs. Yeah. But how can you how can you not love the undefeated team, the Dolphins? <laughs> I just feel Interesting. like... Yeah, I just... I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm vibing with, with them. I'm with you. Do you know much about the Bulldogs? I know that they live in Canterbury. <laughs> and I know that um, one of them tried to rent my house. Oh, nice. Okay. What was his name? Josh Avocado? <laughs> Josh Ado Khan, yes. Yeah, Avocado, whatever. Yeah, great player. He put in an application to live in my house and that was probably the most exciting thing to happen to my cousin Richie in six months. <laughs> Interesting. But he ended up buying in the next street. So Josh, in the unlikely event that you're listening and, you know, <laughs> welcome to the neighborhood. Uh, come over for hummus and chili. <laughs> Bro, so, um, so quite a bit's happened this week, particularly in your life. Uh, in my street, right? In your street, yeah. So I'm keen to hear a bit about it. I, I feel we haven't actually proper, properly debriefed, but mm. man, just uh, I guess fill me in. What's happened this week? Well, some may call it the Belfield uh, riots, but uh, it's a bit extreme. Uh, it is extreme. I just want to, you know, explain what happened, and uh, we can go from there, and we can kind of just discuss a, new, a few things. But basically, there was a talk by a politician. Um, uh, to be honest, I don't think the politician mattered, mattered very much, so we don't need to bring him up, but it was the, rather the message he was um, bringing to, to the parish or to the community, not to the parish, it was a community event. But basically it was just, uh, you know, it was to protect children in schools and to ensure that a Catholic school had the ability to choose who they hire as teachers. Is, so, so just to clear, so is that being threatened? Yes, so there's some legislation at the moment to force Catholic schools to hire people who aren't necessarily Catholic. And doesn't that change, doesn't that make the school in, in some capacity not entirely Catholic? No, I mean, exactly, it would make it public. How do you feel about this as a Catholic school teacher? Yeah, to be honest, I'd, I'd be, um, I mean, sure we have some people, but the, that's a choice you make. Like, as, exactly. If you're the principal or you're the HR person, you choose based on the person's personality yeah. that it's compatible with Christian values. That privilege should be reserved for yeah. the hiring person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also... From your perspective, it's hard enough to teach kids about the faith these days. Yeah, it is. It is. It's definitely a challenge. It helps tremendously when the when you're on the people next to you are uh, sharing the same faith journey. Yeah, um, but basically that's what the talk was about. So I wouldn't say it was political. I would say it was more. 
you know, about the kids. How, how can we keep this from happening so we can raise our families properly? Um, there was a particular, a particular group that heard about it, um, an LGBT group, um, and they planned an anti, they planned a protest against it. And the, I think they were a bit misled in their, in what they thought it was going to be because they had, you know, they're like, stop the transphobia. Mm. Um, and that's not what was happening at all. Well, sorry, just, I want to ask another question. You said they come from a particular group. Do, it's a, are yeah. you, are you confident that they, they represent the group or are they just yeah, so random people? No, it's a Facebook group yep. with particular people who actually have ads. If you want to join our cause and target Christians, uh, feel free to join us. Really? So that's their actual goal in life. What well, is to fight people that they think are like verbally, whatever it might be? Yeah. Against. So, they're, so they're under the impression that Christians hate gays, LGBT, trans, whatever, which is, as we've discussed in the past, is not true. Mm. Um, and that's why they come and protest at all our events. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, before the talk even started, uh, so a lot of boys from the area um, heard that there might be drama, so they came as a form of defending their church. Mm. And I don't think anyone intended any any violence or anything of that nature, but basically... Um, from a distance, they were seen with carrying a wooden cross and they broke it and they were going to light it on fire. And that's when a few of the guys saw them and that's when there was a stampede against them and kind of people ran at them and uh, I guess, you know, you could say attack them mm. in a way. Mm. Now, this obviously wasn't everyone. It was a select few. The, the majority just wanted to watch. Mm. But uh, it was a, you know, a shocking and confronting uh, thing to see. Mm, sounds pretty scary. Yeah, so I, I guess um, naturally, you know, we don't condone violence, um, and we've always said that. But uh, I mean, what, what are your thoughts before before I kind of tell you mine? Do, do you have anything you want to say? I mean, I'm so far removed. I don't I don't say or know too much what happened, but mm. of course, yeah, like uh, violence is something. Uh, as Christians, we're, we're obviously against. Um, yeah, obviously, sometimes people in the moment you might not be able to control uh, anger or whatnot, but. Uh, overwhelmingly I think yeah like it's it's uh, and we've mentioned this in the podcast a few uh, few weeks ago when Peter pulled out his sword Jesus was the first one to say you know pack mm. it away so um, but again yeah not, not, I wasn't there so I mean you can tell me what, sure. what do you think so uh, the majority of boys were Lebanese um, and I just had a bit of a take not a justification for what they did but an explanation that I've been reflecting on over the past few days so, uh, you know, on the surface, one might argue, whatever, maybe they don't understand their faith well, maybe they don't understand how they should behave or what it means to be Christian. Because um, the majority, if not devout Christians, were culturally Christian. But my take of it is that, and it's something a bit deeper than just, you know, that surface view. Uh, this generation of Lebanese people and, you know, the guys that were there are mostly first generation. What that means is that their parents migrated here as refugees to escape persecution. Mm. Now, their parents really appreciate, uh, experienced a lot of trauma in the form of violent wars where they physically had to fight back the people who were trying to oppress them. Mm. So, um, I didn't necessarily think it was out of the question and so unfathomable, uh, unfathomable that their children, who, who perhaps might you know, not be as formed in the faith, would react in a similar way where they were experiencing a new form of persecution. They felt threatened. In their eyes, mm. yeah. Mm. Because now, there was a war back then for their parents, you know. I, my parents and grandparents were in it. My grand- grandparents had crosses shot into their chest and they were killed. 
Um, but now they're experiencing a different type of war, a form of persecution, given the nature of it is extremely different, but the end result are the same. These people who may have gotten violent, um, may have felt that their freedoms were being stripped and they're unable to raise their families in a way that they need to. Mm. And, you know, they were attacked. They felt like they were attacked in their own home. And uh, like I said, it's not, it's not a justification, but it's an explanation for why I feel people might have behaved that way. Yeah, yeah, Because there, there's such a thing as inter, intergenerational trauma. trauma. Yeah. Um, I think you shouldn't let it control your life. Uh, and I think, you know, you should always take control and there's no excuse. Mm. But uh, I, I think it's a fair ex- explanation. I'm not, I'm not sure if you disagree with me, but um, no, that's my take. I understand. Well, it sounds like a logical explanation. I'm going to just quickly touch upon a bit, a bit more about uh, one, one other point of that story you told me and then maybe we can move on to something else um, obviously as we said we don't condone violence to be honest I was a bit upset and um, it, it, look, I looked, it looked like uh, I mean I don't know I only saw some aspects of it but uh, it looked very intense mm. and I felt very bad for the victims and it made me think a lot about uh, about kind of the situation as a whole and I can't help but feel obviously we can say for, for starters Probably wasn't a wise move uh, on the part of those those you know people that came no, from because nowhere. It's like they came into the lion's den, yeah, you know, into yeah, a, yeah. into a into a suburb and a community. Mm. I, I just I don't think that they, they they sorry they underestimated how much the community holds on to family values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, but yeah, obviously in saying that, I do I do feel very bad, and uh, it was kind of uh, was a bit upset to see that mm. it, it brought me it brought me a lot of hope to see that there was so many people that were trying to calm everyone down yes particularly people that i know are to be parishioners from the community, from yeah. the community. Um, at the end of the day like we, we have to protect what we believe is the truth in our lives that's god and that's the family unit and the sacredness of sexuality and all that kind of stuff absolutely um, and and so so we're not going to sit there and say yeah guys we agree with you just so that we don't upset people mm. um so I, I absolutely agree with that i just think there's a line i think like we can stand our ground you know it, it verbally explain that this is what we believe and you know be willing to be unshaken in our faith mm. um and that's what jesus and all his apostles did up until the point where they, they wouldn't you know they wouldn't take out their swords i think that was mm. kind of that's what we're called to do so a lot of those, a lot of those Christian, I was actually in the, in the midst of it, Roy. I was, you could say, in the epicenter of all the drama, and I got pepper sprayed in the face, which was a new experience for me. Mm. But I heard a lot of, you know, the the, the young boys, uh, some of them actually who were behaving in a way that they shouldn't have actually changed their mind and said, no, no, we're doing, you know, we're doing this wrong. Let's turn the other cheek. I felt bad. Yeah, and then many people started saying, yeah, yeah, turn the other cheek. So um, I guess I actually saw a video by Bishop. Bishop Barron about turning the other cheek. So I, I wanted to discuss with you today, what does it actually mean? Because it's very easy to say, turn the other cheek. Mm. Um, but I guess to, to summarize the teaching, do you know which uh, kind of reference I'm talking about in the Bible? Uh, I don't know exactly where, where in the Gospels, but yeah, it seems yeah. to be, you know, turn the other cheek. I, I mean, I wasn't asking for the Bible reference. We, as Catholics, we're terrible at that. <laughs> but basically Jesus said, um, if someone slaps your left cheek, you turn, you give them the other. Mm. And love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Mm. But to start off, before we talk about what it does mean, what doesn't it mean? Um, yeah, what, what doesn't it mean to turn the other cheek? Well, you told me. So you watched this video. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I mean, for example, in the pre- does it mean that in the presence of injustice, should we let it be? 
Does it mean in the presence of injustice that we let it be? Well, I mean, no. No, that's not what it's teaching at all. Does it mean leave and give in to the oppressors? No. No. But that, if you turn the other cheek, it's implying that I'm gonna, st- I'm standing firm to what I believe. Absolutely. For, you know, slap Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, does it mean punch them back? No, definitely doesn't say that. But um, basically to turn the other cheek means not to walk away, as you've said so eloquently, but to stand your ground. Mm. And by standing your ground, you're signaling back to the other person that you refuse to cooperate in the world that he's living in. Mm. Um, by turning the other cheek, you're, you're saying, I'm not going to let you strike me. Um, I'm going to stand firm. Mm. And I, I actually never thought of it that way. I, you know, Because my, many might think to, turn the other cheek means walk away. But it doesn't. It means stand your ground. Mm. Um, and by standing your ground, uh, basically you're allowing them to... You're giving them a mirror so they can be so they can be open to con- to conversion. Yeah. You know, if you're just standing there when they're losing it, they're gonna be like, "Where did this guy get his peace from?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why that's is he so secure in yeah. what he believes in. And that's and why is he so joyous? And that's what I think leads to to conversion of the spirit. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. um, as who, who, I don't know who said an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. I think it was Gandhi. Was it? I don't know, maybe like Mike Tyson or something, who knows? <laughs> Elvis Presley. Uh, yeah. Basically, that's what happens when you meet justice with injustice. You yeah. know, everyone ends up blind. Everyone ends up losing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, basically, uh, I don't think that was the outcome of what happened. I don't think these people left thinking, oh, you know, well, do these people have joy in their hearts? Mm-hmm. I think they probably left saying, you know, saying the opposite. They're yeah. angry. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, Everyone was angry in the situation. Everyone was a loser. There was no winners. Yeah, yeah. Um... um yeah it was funny because 11 of the 12 uh, original disciples uh, or sorry 10 of the original 12 disciples they actually um, died as martyrs yeah that, that story for me like I used to sometimes sit there and question what is it about my faith that makes me believe so much it's two things it's, it's miracles but it's also the fact that 10 of the 12 of them decided that they would be willing to surrender their own life for that cause, and then we know in the like some part in the, in the New Testament that Stephen was the first martyr, yeah, the first and I'm pretty sure he said something like, uh, like as they're happening, he asked God to forgive them. So yeah, it, wow. it, it was like he had no sense of anger in mm. his heart. Mm. He, he stood his ground, he surrendered. He, he surrendered his 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 uh, attachment to life, but he did not surrender his faith. Mm. He didn't say, oh, "All right, guys, like I'm, I don't believe anymore." So it's like what you're saying: you're standing your ground. You, we believe what we believe. Uh, but it's something else that you surrender. It's your attachment to live, yeah. um, which is, I mean, it's definitely extreme, but this is just on the talk of theology. But on a lighter note, uh, I noticed that you were on the news a few times. Well, I am, you know, the mayor of Belfield. <laughs> you were forwarding me so many interviews and whatnot, and I just thought, man, you must be loving this attention. I, I, I'm having a dopamine over, overdose, <laughs> Roy, and I am loving the attention, and I just, when, you know, when my 12 minutes of fame is over, I'm going to be very upset. Well, you know what, I knew you were famous when this morning at about 6 o'clock, my dad said, hey, I tried to call you yesterday, I just wanted to ask, I saw Nathan on the news, what happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how 6 a.m. He thought I started a brawl. He's <laughs> like, bro, I didn't know you were friends with heavies. <laughs> Your dad calls me when he needs a debt collection. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, I have been all over the, the media. There was a picture of me in the Sunday, in the day, so the Sydney Morning Herald this morning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was also a, a, a five-minute interview I did posted on Facebook yeah. today. Yeah. And um, obviously, I was going through the comments, but trying not to reply as to give the illusion that I'm cool and I don't care what people think. Of course you but did. But anytime that someone said not, something negative, I'd have to get onto the floor into fetal position and <laughs> be like, why do they hate me? Why do they hate me? It was like, 
you know, Tom from Warwick Farm or whatever. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, but something that really bugged me and something that I I've heard many times before and I found very interesting. That, uh, you're off Facebook, Roy, because mm. you think uh, it's liberating. Mm. Um, I'm a weaker man, so I enjoy I being, being held captive by my addictions. <laughs> um, but you're not on Facebook, so you don't know uh, kind of of the myriad of idiocy, if that's even a word, mm. that exists on it. Mm. But so often, someone who someone posted on the post, you know, because we're all obviously Christian, we believe in God. Someone said, "I can't believe these people still believe in God, um, in this magic fair, fairy in the sky." Oh, I used to see those comments. Yeah, so, I mean, if we were to give these people a name systematically, we could call them atheists. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They say things like, "What are you guys? Who are these? Like, what are you guys fighting for? This magic fairy in the yeah. sky?" It used to trigger me so much. Yeah. Um, when I mean, often they were, I don't know who they worship, but you know, there's an old saying, you love what you should worship. And most people, I think these days are worshiping themselves. Mm. Or VB. Um, or yeah. VB, which, you know, I, I don't mind VB despite how bitter it is. <laughs> me too, actually. It actually reminds me of that Simpsons clip. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm going to play it for you. I always wondered if there was a God. And now I know there is. And it's me. You're not a god, Homer. Remember, Dad, all glory is fleeting. So? Beware the Ides of March. No. Dad, I know you think you're happy now, but it's not going to last forever. Everything lasts forever. Don't you see? Getting what you want all the time will ultimately leave you unfulfilled and joyless. Remove the girl. Dad oh my god, that's so deep. Bro, sometimes it's crazy how... Like, they just summarized everything we've been talking about in six weeks. Yeah, literally. Like... We have been trying to articulate, as if we're secret philosophers, like, why are people unfulfilled and unhappy? It's because they get everything they want now, and everything's easy. Simpsons is the best show ever. Bro, they are so ahead of their time. I swear. They predict everything. But back to what I was saying. Um, yeah. Why do you believe in this magic fairy in the sky? Now, I get it. It's difficult to believe in something you can't see, such as God, or cholesterol, or <laughs> sound, or Wi-Fi. Um, but what amuses me about atheism sometimes is the arrogance. Mm. Ask me why it's arrogant. Why do you think it's arrogant? I thought, you, I thought that was a natural progression of your I, conversation. I know, but like, sometimes I just like to be asked. <laughs> it's arrogant because they believe these atheists who are posting these things wholeheartedly that they are more clever than the billions of people who preceded them. Mm. Mm. Like picture that Troy from Warwick Farm who posted on Facebook actually is convinced that he is more enlightened than the Greeks, the Romans, who, by the way, didn't believe in one God. They, mean, believed, they believed in all of them. <laughs> like, they're, not, they're like, we're going to cover all our bases. I don't want like, to discriminate in case. Yeah, you know? they, yeah. they thought, let's subscribe to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> they not only believed in one God, but many. Aristotle, Einstein, Blaise Pascal, who invented, I'm pretty sure, the calculator. Or that. Anyway, mm, whatever. Mm, mm. Gregor Mendel, Galileo, and Father... George Lemaire. Do you know, do you know who Father George Lemaire is? Right? Was it the, the guy who thought of the Big Bang Theory? Yes. Many people will be shocked. But mm. the Big Bang Theory, who many Catholics believe we're not allowed to subscribe to, was invented by a Catholic priest. Mm. And the last person, which may shock everyone, Charles Darwin, was a theist. Interesting. You might argue with me, but it was in page 72 of his autobiography. That you read? That George Pell read and mentioned in Q&A <laughs> in 2012. What's this? A theist is open to the idea that there is a God. Well, a theist actually believes in God. He's not, agno he's not agnostic. He was a theist. Ah, I see. Um, so all these people that preceded us, that are much smarter than Troy in Warwick Farm, he, Troy is smarter. 
And that's, that's what kind of gets me about atheism. The arrogance and the lack of openness to understand that maybe someone before you knew something that you didn't. Yeah. At, 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 least, at least in some capacity, the openness. The openness to think that there is something beyond our universal understanding of the way things are. Yeah. Uh, that, it baffles me that you don't at least consider it. Mm. You have to consider things. Um, but yeah, basically, the, the Big Bang and um, evolution... They, some would be surprised to find that they're actually very compatible with our faith. Mm, mm. Did you know that we can actually believe in evolution if we so chose? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. It's crazy because, um, yeah, most obviously Genesis is a... Um, no, you don't have to believe in Genesis literally. Um, most people take it figuratively, but it's a creationist view where God created everything. Mm. But because it's figurative, God could have created things in many ways. Yeah. God, you know, evolution could have been guided by God. Mm. Genesis's beauty is, is understood theologically. Like, yeah, it tells it, us the why. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's less about the how, more about the why. Yeah. That's, that's the truth of Genesis. Yeah. Because um, you know every book in the Bible is different. The Gospels are exactly how it happened. Yeah. yeah. You take those literally. Well, they're recounts. They're literally recounts. Someone watching. Yeah, you yeah. know all the words. You must be a teacher. <laughs> um, but Genesis, not not a historical recount. Although you can choose to to see it that way. But um, yeah, we can believe in evolution. Um, but the kicker is that so long as you believe that it was guided by God and at some point the soul in, if you believe we came from apes, I personally don't. Mm. Um, but if you believe we came from apes, you have to believe that at one point that soul became an immortal soul that mm. is made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah. That's, that's the provisor. Yeah. Um, and many people have issues with the Big Bang, but I never understood that either because you know, there's all the evidence in the world for it and it makes sense. Nothing can, it just bang. God had to do it some way. And yeah. What better way than a bang? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so you saw this this guy commenting, and it triggered you into all mm. these thoughts. Yeah, and I was just thinking, kind of, about the arrogance and atheism. But then I took it further, and I wanted something. I wanted your your opinion on because I know you're you're very philosoph- philosophical when it comes to these things. But is there a benefit to being Christian or to believing God exists, even if we find out He doesn't? Mm. That's a fantastic question. Yeah, and before you answer that. I just wanted to tell you a bit about Pascal's wager because I asked you before we started if you've heard of that before. Tell me about Pascal's wager. So Pascal was, I think, a mathematician or a physicist or something like that. I probably should have found out before I started, <laughs> so I, he sounds smart. But he suggested that if you live your life as if there was a God, if he ends up existing, you have infinite gain. If he ends up not existing, then you've had only a finite loss. Mm. Interesting. So basically, you know, if you live your life, say, not having sex before marriage and giving, giving away a few of the pleasures, it's, even if it doesn't exist, it's going to be such a small loss. Mm. But if it does exist, then the gain is infinite. Yeah. And heaven, you know, is a heavenly banquet with yeah, yeah. all the... Yeah. So that, that was Pascal's wager. Yeah. So what are your thoughts so, in regards to the first question? Like, is there a benefit in being... Christian or not even necessarily Christian but religious or spiritual even if we end up finding out that God doesn't exist yeah uh, to be honest I think there are so so many uh, gifts or benefits that you take from being a part of a religious uh, community or even being in touch with your spirit or your soul whatever word Mm. uh, you choose but just this is not even really theological or philosophical this is just on a practical level you're Mm. part of a community who shares the same values and who believes to some degree are on the same journey as you so you're moving towards something together wow. which makes you feel like you're in solidarity um, yeah. so you, obviously you have a, a support network as well on, on like a, 
yeah, on, on I guess that same practical level, you have, or not on a, on a spiritual level, you have uh, when you turn in inwardly into yourself, you become more aware, self-aware of yourself and of others. So that that I think is a very very big one. People who pray, right? I, I believe. Let's say worst case, like in that scenario, if someone's praying and spending time in meditation, they're becoming more aware of themselves and of others. And I think that's the yeah. key to appreciating the world in front of you. And they're looking outwards. They're looking outwards. I think that religion makes you a more grateful person. Yeah. So like, what, what have you got to lose by being open to the fact that there's something beyond you and, and bigger than you and bigger than your mind too? You're try- How can I sit here and try and uh, exclude that there might be a God using principles in my brain that, and principles that I say in front of me that I didn't even create? Wow. I, just, I just one day was woke up and realized, hey, I'm here, and this is how the world works. There's got to be something bigger, right? And from you mentioned the practical perspective, I actually, I enjoy the practicality of many of mm-hmm. our, uh, you know, like confession, which non-Catholics dislike. Yeah. Um, there's a huge practicality in in having someone like a mate. Think of it as a mate yeah. who you offload all your burdens to. Yeah. There's yeah, a psych, yeah. a huge psychological benefit to confession. Yeah, yeah. That's psychological is a very yeah. good word. That's and, a lot of it. And if you want to improve as a person, you need someone to hold you accountable, mm. which is why you should always go to the same priest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also like a sense of humility. That's the word I was trying to get out before in thinking, okay, I might not see and know everything, but I'm open to the idea that there's something beyond this. Yeah, wow. Like you, it's all, like you said, it's Openness, arrogant. Yeah. It's arrogant to feel like we're, we're, we're so short of how everything works. Mm. We can't even make, a, like, we're not even in control of, some hairs on our body like how can it bro I I spent half my life trying to control the hair on my body <laughs> I know this remove the ones on my lower body add to the ones on my head it's actually exhausting it's uh, it, we're very rich in that sense like people who are part of a religious community every I, I see it in a lot of so sometimes when I'm um, so when I was doing Uber driving I'd, uh, I'd, I love these stories this is so simple but this just moved me to my core so yeah. when, we, when I used to drive in Bondi on Saturdays I'd often see uh, the Jewish peoples, and I know they're Jewish because of the way that they dress. They have a particular way of dress, a religious dress. Uh, yeah, they're wearing their... Ooh, what's the, what's kupa? the name? Yes, kupa. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, but the point was, I'd see them so often on Saturday, and because they don't drive on Saturday, most some of them don't drive. It's part of their Sabbath ritual. Yeah. They're walking, it's a Sabbath. Um, I'm, I'm so moved at how their family unit and their entire community is so... Like, they're so secure in who they are. They have this wow. amazing community. I, it used to almost move me to tears. Like it kind of, it makes you feel like you're a part of something. You belong to something bigger. Mm. That that is that is unmatched. I think. You know, I actually, it's an amazing point. But I actually met a Jewish person once, and they have like you know they stick to all like the five billion rules that they had in the Old Testament. Mm. But I asked them, I'm like, don't like why do you have so many rules? And a lot of them like don't even make sense. And he goes to me, sometimes it's not even about the rule itself. It's about incorporating God in every tiny aspect of your life. I love life. that. That's Isn't that crazy? So, so good, yeah. Like, even to the point where this guy was telling me on their door, on their garage door, they have to have a little sign, or I can't remember what symbol it was. They incorporate God in their roller door. <laughs> That's how dedicated <laughs> they are. God in the roller door. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, absolutely what you're saying, like, about the psychology, the psychology of it even, like, to, to have, to, to, to think that circumstances are sometimes out of your control because someone bigger than you is in control, that gives you a lot of freedom. Yeah. And it, it makes does. you feel good. It does. Mm. And that's, that's not even, we're not even touching on the fact that, it can, uh, that religion provides an answer or a relief or peace to some of the biggest questions in life like your suffering. Like yeah. making sense of how we lost a mother or a father or wow. a grandparent. Wow. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah, uh, the whole uh, concept of Christianity is, uh, you know, you're not un- uniting your suffering with the Lord's, mm. um, which is a difficult concept that we want to unravel, unravel yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, do you have any other funny stories from your week? Did you enter any brawls or be on TV? No, I can't say I did. I've just been been grinding in my week, which is a word that I say to you often, and to which you always say I don't understand. But yeah. I mean, we can't all be famous. <laughs> no, no. Do you think that your fame will last long? I think it's already over, bro. Oh. But, you know, maybe one day I'll have a platform. Mm. Um, I did go to work once this week before the... On Monday, before the dramas in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. I know you love my elevator episode. Uh, episodes, uh, if I may. Yes. But I was in the elevator and I thought... I walked in there actually with the intention of taking something funny out of it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to... Let's see what's in the elevator today. And I walked in there... This was after, by the way. Did I show you the naked guy across the building? Yes. Yeah, oh, so, that was real. Okay. Yeah, no, it was real. Yeah. So I was sitting at my desk. I look around in the residential building across the road and there was a naked guy sitting on his computer. That's absurd. He made everyone in the office uncomfortable. <laughs> so I had to shut the blinds. But I'm pretty sure it was that naked guy from Friends. Uh, I think the, my friend Charlene told me that the, the quote was, my eyes, my eyes, which is how we all felt when we saw it. Oh, of course. But, so naked guy, if you're listening... Yeah, congratulations on being naked without shame, I guess. <laughs> I'm sure there's some benefit to it. You've returned back to the original state. Exactly. Um, but anyway, I was in the elevator after my PTSD on my way to lunch and I, thought, I noticed that there were four women in the elevator. Mm. They were friends that obviously were colleagues or something of that nature. And they were engaging in a conversation. Now, Roy, with the exception of when I interrupt you and you get upset at me, generally when we're converse- conversing, I'll say something to which you reply, mm. and then I'll reply to what you said, and we go back and forth. Yeah, what, I, I, what, what the ancient Aztecs would call a normal conversation. Uh, or dialogue, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the Aztecs, very wise. <laughs> but I noticed something very different about these four women. They weren't engaging in that paradigm. They, they rejected it completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you, can, you can see where this is going. Plenty, plenty of Uber drives with this. Yeah. They were all talking at the same time. <laughs> four of them, yeah, yeah, each yeah. one was telling their story, and it was all at the same time. And I was thinking, surely no one knows what the F is going on. But I was wrong, Roy. They all, each individual person, it was like a binomial equation. Like each woman knew what the other three were saying. And then they would each respond to each other all at the same time. Now, I've had many, many a girlfriend, not so many that it would turn off any potentials who are listening to this. You know, I don't want them to think, oh, this guy's dated too much. No, I haven't. I've had a few. And a lot of them say to me the same thing. Oh, I'm a woman. I can multitask. And I'm telling you, this was the first day I believed it. <laughs> Their CPU must be 100 times better than ours. <laughs> they must have more RAM, yeah. more CPU, and because of all the gossip, more memory, more space. <laughs> I'm kidding, women. We love you. Um, I actually hold women, women, on a, women on a pedestal and I celebrate womanhood. And you love gossip. So. And I love gossip. So I get it. <laughs> I don't want you to think that I'm not a gossip. I'm a huge gossip. Um, anyway, and then I... That was the same day, Roy, I believe, that I messaged you and then I didn't see read receipts on WhatsApp. Mm. Yeah, I think that was Monday. And there was no read receipts and I lost that. I'm like, bro, did you turn off your read receipts? What's happening? Like, don't trust me. Like, I had a bit of a breakdown. What did I say? Uh, You said I would never do that because, actually remind me, I think something along the lines of you would never hurt me in that way because you find it. Please remind me. So, so I made a joke that I wouldn't run away from responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And then that, you know, made us reflect on read receipts and why they're important. And uh, basically, you know, I love read receipts and you might say, suggest because I'm, I'm controlling and maybe that's a bit partly true, but I think it's just, uh, 
I don't like it when people escape responsibility. I think if you respect someone, you should let them know that they're being heard. And that's the core of read receipts. Letting the person you're talking to know that they're heard and therefore valuable in your life. Yeah, it's kind of convenient eh, to just hide if, by turning it off. Exactly. And I actually vented this to another one of our loyal listeners. Um, I won't say her name, but she was telling me sometimes it's polite because you don't want people to think you're ignoring them if you're going to respond later. Um, I, spot, I actually go contrary to that. I, I want them to know I'm ignoring them if I don't <laughs> reply. And that's why I leave receipt, leave rece- read receipts on. Interesting. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, or maybe I'm a thug. So, it's been a great episode. Do you believe that we were in Bali three months ago? I can't. And that was a long time. And time, time is going too quick, too quick, Roy. And to my mum's dismay, I'm not any closer to getting married. <laughs> I just can't believe we were in Bali in a cab with a trillion other people. Yeah. That was an experience. I think it was 100 million, 180 million, the population of Bali. Uh, not even close, but okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Who's playing this week? So, uh, oh, I'm not sure. I know tonight I think it's Parramatta and Penrith. Because you're actually abandoning me to go watch that game. I am leaving here to go watch that game. Yeah, yeah we just all in the phrase. <laughs> what will you do for the rest of the night? I'll probably uh, reheat my ravioli from lunch and go to church to uh, try and reclaim of any attention that's left from what happened of in course, the last few days. Of course, of course. Well, I think um, this has been a great episode. Thank you, Roy. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Also, I just want to apologize. Last week, we actually missed an episode, and that's because we went to the entrance. Nelson's back. Same, same. same. It's all north. (laughs) It's all north for me. Anyway, see you later, guys. See ya.